0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.
1: On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the Netflix original film, The Princess Switch. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, as we talk about a whole bunch of other stuff. But if you have not seen the film, just be aware that if you carry on and listen without having seen it, the plot will be spoiled for you. Enjoy. Enjoy.
0: Paddy Johnston.
1: Good evening I'm just Hello Eating my dessert Can you see it? Oh very nice
0: What is your dessert? So
1: I got One of those Like chocolate sponge puddings That you put in the microwave But it's better than Like the ones that come in a two pack Because there's only one of them So you feel like it's got to be more fancy Than a regular two pack Shakur And um
0: You could say that it's a One pack sugar (laughs)
1: Exactly. And I made that, and then I cut up a white Kit Kat Chunky and threw that in there. But if I'm honest, the Kit Kat Chunky's kind of ruined it.
0: Oh no, I was going to say, that's a bit of a world card option.
1: Well, I love white chocolate, so any any chance to sort of throw white chocolate into something, it usually works, but it's not offsetting the, the, the richness of the chocolate pudding. It's Yeah, it's kind of a letdown.
0: Oh, disappointing.
1: But I'm going to keep eating it anyway. <laughs> How was your day?
0: Same old, same old, busy. Life is life is busy.
1: Same old shit. Indeed. It's Monday. We should really be recording this on Friday or right. like really we should record like the night before. Uh, like on Thursday night when you're all full of promise of the one day before the weekend, which is perhaps more pregnant with promise than Friday evening itself.
0: Yes, indeed.
1: But that gives us no time to edit. So here we are. Sorry if we didn't get back to any of your questions or feedback about A Christmas Prince. You'll get those, like, in next week's episode.
0: <laughs> yes, you might be waiting a little bit longer, but too bad. A Christmas Some Prince Some things are too. worth
1: waiting for. I mean, not A Christmas Prince <laughs> 1, because if you've been waiting for that, you've been waiting a long time.
0: Yeah, I'd recommend resending it if you've got questions about the original A Christmas Prince. Yeah,
1: I'd recommend rescinding it, because there are better <laughs> films out there.
0: Yeah, things that are more worth your time.
1: Definitely. Films like um, Big Daddy. No. <laughs> no. I was just, um, I don't know, I was thinking about Adam Sandler today. I had a really, You're really <laughs> thinking about Adam Sandler. <laughs> I had a really busy day and I wanted to have like an, a Sandlerian outburst. You know, like, you know when he gets angry and it's like, that's when he is genuinely funny. Well, that's up for debate, obviously, but like I, fi- I yes, find like him ang- funny in
0: *Anger Management* where he gets livid.
1: I've never seen *Anger Management*. It's got Jack
0: Nicholson in it, which is always good.
1: Jack Nicholson is good, but ever since *Drill* has been in existence, I can't not sep- I can't separate him from Jack Nicholson. You know,
0: I like to think that I know that Drill is is somebody, and it's been revealed who he is now. But I like to think that it's still secretly just Jack Nicholson. Yeah,
1: it seems like the kind of thing he'd do. It does, doesn't it? Also, everyone calls Drill, Drill, but I still think of Drill as Wint, because it's at Drill, but the name the name name is Wint.
0: Yes, like Parlowint.
1: Yeah, Wint. yeah, one of the best accounts on Twitter. I haven't looked at that in a while. It seems to update, like, do nothing for months and then do loads at once.
0: And then suddenly it will do loads of updates in
1: one go. Yeah. The Boris Johnson ones are always the best. Yes, they are. By which I mean the worst. <laughs> Now, Rob, I have something to upbraid you on. This is gonna be a, a difficult conversation, but you you have not changed your name to a festive name on Twitter, which is very disappointing.
0: I, I have not. I'm really um, part of I'm the, really upset. The reason I haven't done it is and this is silly, but um I am flying to another country um midway through December. And um I'm not generally a someone who has a fear of travel or a fear of flying, um, but through osmosis I've kind of collected this fear, and in the back of my mind, I'm thinking if I die while I'm out there of some horrible disease, <laughs> I don't want my my Twitter name to permanently be some kind of Christmas pun
1: no I think I think it'll be a fitting tribute because christmas is Christmas <laughs> is joyful it's a nice time of year, although. In terms of your personality, it would be a much more fitting tribute if you still had your Halloween name.
0: I was going to say, if it was the Halloween one, I think I would have remained with what it was. Because you're but, you're a you scary know. motherfucker. I mean, it does it does fit with the general themes of my life. If I died doing how I lived, being a tit online, <laughs> um, yeah. But um, but yeah, I think I might stick with just my default.
1: The plane's going down, yeah. and you're like, quick! I've got a shit post. Get, <laughs> get me to the nearest like Wi-Fi signal.
0: <laughs> yeah i'm I'm there in the middle of the jungle, and like you know what my foot is rotting off. I can feel the bugs crawling up my throat, but I still need to post one more meme online and call a a um politician a
1: bell end <laughs> yeah, who have you called a bellend recently? I
0: haven't called anyone a bellend recently i'm i i'm 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 not one of those people who is directly vicious to people online it's not my forte
1: no um, as tempting as it is I've never directly replied to Jacob Rees-Mogg and gone you fucking idiot as much as I've <laughs> wanted to many a time
0: no so so my general sort of thing is just posting a name rubbish <laughs> um, much like my 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 thoughts on Waluigi takes up a, a, a large proportion of my of my life
1: your most popular tweet my most popular tweet 200 plus retweeters can't be wrong <laughs> It's true. That's not inane rubbish. That's true facts.
0: <laughs> true
1: facts. About Nintendo.
0: Um I mean that's that's what I want my legacy to be. Yes. You know. Someone's got to someone's got to stand for Waluigi.
1: Yeah. It's a dirty job, but someone's got to do it. Someone someone has got to do it. Yep. And you know, somebody also has to watch films like The Princess Switch. I mean, people <laughs> People be out there watching this, right?
0: It is our duty
1: to watch yeah. these kind of films. Our sincere and sacred duty,
0: indeed. So, so what did you think of the Princess Switch, Barry?
1: Well, it was just—it's inevitable that we're going to compare it to a Christmas Prince too, because we watched that. We discussed that literally yesterday. But the um, um, two films in a row, two that are kind of similar in the similar genre come out at the same time. It's inevitable they're going to be compared. But I thought it was vastly superior to A Christmas Prince 2. That doesn't necessarily yes. mean that it's a cinematic masterpiece, but there was a lot more to like in this. Do you agree?
0: I agree. Um, this is the kind of movie that you would see at five o'clock on Channel 5 on a Sunday in the run-up to Christmas. And if you found it there, you'd probably go, okay... This is a good place for it. Whereas I don't think either The Christmas Prince or Christmas Prince 2 would necessarily leave you feeling satisfied in that kind of situation.
1: No, I think it would still leave you feeling annoyed even if it was on Channel 5. Although if you're the kind of person who watches Channel 5, what are you doing? There's, There's other channels now. There's there, are, and stuff. there
0: are no channels. There is only BBC Four and Channel Five. That is our Brexit future.
1: Do you remember in the nineties when they launched Channel Five and it was like a huge event?
0: Yeah, people were really stoked for it, and it was a massive letdown because all they showed was trash.
1: Yeah, much <laughs> like just this country in general.
0: I think I think wasn't one of the first thing they showed a program called like Naked Jungle. What? And it was celebrities who took their clothes off and jumped around in like a, a big plastic jungle.
1: Naked jungle? Oh, wait, so it, was, yeah. it wasn't even a real jungle? No, no, no. I don't remember seeing this. I'm pretty sure I wouldn't I have been think, allowed to watch I it.
0: I think Cheggers, Cheggers, everyone's favourite <laughs> irritant who won't go away.
1: Oh, Cheggers. Wait, got
0: naked in the jungle.
1: Wasn't that the name of Theresa May's Brexit plan?
0: <laughs> yeah, it was. it was actually called Naked Jungle. Here we go.
1: Hashtag Chuck As,
0: Um Naked Jungle was a one-off television game show produced for the United Kingdom terrestrial TV station Channel
1: Five by Yorkshire Television.
0: When when was it made? At the sixth of June two
1: thousand. Should I should I go command shift N to open this window to search um, <laughs> Naked Jungle?
0: Um, okay, so I tell a lie. Channel Five launched in ninety seven. Yep. So so this was a few years down the line. But this is, this. I think this is the crowning legacy of Channel 5 in general. Um, <laughs> okay.
1: Related shows Jungle Run. Jungle Run is a British children's television series which aired on CITV in 1999 to 2006. So, I don't remember this. What was I so, doing? Naked
0: Jungle used the same set as Jungle Run, which I hope means that they sprayed it with a lot of disinfectant <laughs> between the kids and the naked celebs.
1: That's, that's grim. That's horrid. Yeah, imagine if they got the two shows mixed up. Good grief.
0: Um, Naked Jungle attracted 2 million viewers, then a record for the channel.
1: Wow. That so- sounds like a lot now. But I bet more people than that have watched The Princess Switch already.
0: In August 2006, a Radio Times poll called it the worst British television <laughs> program ever.
1: <laughs> Excellent. I-, I have honestly no me- no recollection of this. All I remember is Channel 5 launched Big Brother, right?
0: Um, no, that was Channel 4. Oh, well, Channel so- 4 did Big Brother.
1: Friend of the podcast Adam Mallesky is like shouting at the radio right now because he he was always really into Big Brother and
0: shouting at the radio as well.
1: Yeah, not not yeah, not at us at his his radio
0: at the radio (laughs) because
1: it turned on because I because I went (laughs) hey Siri turn on the radio or is it hey Alexa?
0: Um, so so Naked Jungle was presented by Keith Chegwin who was also naked except for a hat. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah a sort of indiana jones no it's not even an indiana jones hat is it it's like a colonial hat <laughs> yeah
0: it's um wait is keith chegwin dead
1: i think he's dead isn't he jesus i didn't know that right, let's look it up yep 11th of december 2017 last year yeah i say he was aged 60
0: i did not know that
1: see now i, I feel which means that i feel bad for laughing at his um his nudity now
0: um i don't you know it's what he was it's what he would have wanted
1: yeah true so yeah channel 5 still going i'm actually i'm actually quite impressed that channel 5 is still going to be honest right yeah it's one of those things it's a bit like you know they're going to be showing something that's slightly above hallmark channel level but not by much
0: yeah it's it's not as bad as the worst that american like networks have to offer yeah, but it's not as good as any other British television channel.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, what do you what do you reckon, Channel Five or Dave?
0: Oh, I don't count Dave as a proper network.
1: No, it's it's ninety percent recycling old content, isn't it, Dave?
0: It is the elephant graveyard for old um, <laughs> sitcoms.
1: Yep, it's full of hyenas. <laughs> and that's just the male presenters. Whoop.
0: Oh, um, so the princess switch <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes um yeah i you know i i found myself actually enjoying this a lot more than i thought that i would um you know it's it's still obviously formulaic and a very very obvious example of this kind of princess genre but um yeah there was a lot to like about it There was obviously a lot of stupid things as well like the fake country is called belgravia let's let's just let's just hone in on that for a second belgravia <laughs> like the fancy area of London, Belgravia, and yes. then somewhere in Belgravia, which is yeah, this this it backs up my theory on last week's episode that Americans think that that England is the same as the rest of Europe for one thing, when it's really not, um, and that all of Europe is just kind of snowy magical paradises, which it hardly ever snows anywhere really. You know, it's just rubbish. And then they then they go to Wembley Studios. But it's in a country called Belgravia. I mean, to be fair, they don't go too deep into the details of the country. Apart from that, they're a bit more content to just let it lie. So it's not frustrating like in A Christmas Prince, but the fact that it's there in the background is kind of annoying.
0: See, it really ties into our idea of a future UK post-Brexit, which has been separated out into these different nation states, though, doesn't oh, it? Oh,
1: God, yeah. You, you could see like the fancy areas of London just putting up the barricades.
0: Yeah, Belgravia claims independence and then it steadily annexes the areas around it yeah it reaches up to Wembley ergo Wembley studios
1: yep <laughs> they're well-known building Wembley studios
0: <laughs> well well they they knock down the stadium because they have no need for peasant sports yeah um and um and replace it with a big studio
1: the only sport is baking and riding hairy horses <laughs>
0: The 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 best of all sports um and and so yeah and and so yeah it does all tie in although i was very disappointed because as i was watching this i was thinking in my head it's like oh yeah they can blatantly do an amazing spin-off like a crossover movie with a Christmas prince, and it can be some kind of royal reception where they all meet up and they
1: hang out. Well, you almost got your wish, didn't you? And they go and ruin it. <laughs> and and
0: and I, I, I mentioned it to you by text when I was watching it, that this well, is well, the best wh- or most stupid thing I've ever seen in a movie.
1: What you did was you texted me and said, there's a moment in this film that is either the stupidest or best thing I've ever seen in a movie. And I spent then, because you texted me that before I'd seen any of it, I then spent the whole film until that happened trying to work out was this the moment? And there were other things that I thought might have been the stupid thing. But like when someone says there is nothing better than a happy horse or something like that. <laughs> yes.
0: Uh, but then did you know what I was talking about as soon as? Yeah,
1: yeah. It of course. So basically. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: go ahead. Go ahead. Basically,
1: um, what we're going to do now. Is listen to an old episode of our podcast on our podcast to advertise our podcast. <laughs> which um, which episode do you think we should listen to? Well,
0: I think we need to listen to a Christmas Prince, don't we?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I'll just I'll will just edit that in right now. The whole episode.
0: <laughs> just the whole... just no, pop no, it no, right just, in here. Just, just, just here's the theme like music. Fifth the
1: notes version. <laughs> No,
0: just the Cliff Notes version. Just just our, what we think of the movie at the beginning and at the, the end of our discussion.
1: I can't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember that we were both crying at the end cuz it was really romantic.
0: Yep. Yeah. Um so so for those of you who haven't watched The Princess Switch, um there's a bit in the movie where they where the two main well, two of the main characters out of four um fifty percent of the main characters in this movie out of the four played by Vanessa Hudgens.
1: Yeah. Played by Vanessa Hudgens and Vanessa Hudgens with Vanessa Hudgens.
0: Yes. Um so one of the two Vanessa Hudgens romance couples, um
1: The Less Believable. They decide,
0: the less believable one. Um they they decide, oh, let's um let's let's just have a quiet night in and watch something what should we watch oh let's watch something on turn slowly to the camera stare the audience dead in the eye let's watch something on netflix i hear there is this great film called a christmas prince it's literally like on the screen showing
1: netflix within netflix it's the most it's the most meta joke ever
0: um it is so unbelievably on the nose and then they they decide to watch a christmas prince and they show the beginning of the movie and then they show the end and they show the dramatic kiss yeah etc so they just completely ruin the christmas prince but but the most annoying thing is is that this means that in the universe of the princess switch a christmas prince is a fictional story
1: and they've completely <laughs> yeah.
0: ruined the chances of having this larger royal wedding cinematic universe
1: Oh, God, yeah, that's really ripped with the sort of space-time compendium in the RWCU. Like, it actually turns out that it's just Netflix all the way down.
0: Yeah, it, like, the next thing's going to be the next movie that they watch, unless maybe in A Christmas Prince 3, there's a bit where they're watching the Cri- the Princess Switch on Netflix.
1: Yeah, and then it's like they're parallel universes?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, but there I'm could, really there disappointed. could be
1: a bit when... Um, like the guy the the prince man from uh from a christmas prince the the old etonian tory prince like come like comes out of the tv sort of ring style um <laughs> into the <laughs> into the world of the princess switch and like tries to get them all to come and work on his aldovian workfare program or whatever or demands that they have a meeting about trade between aldovia and belgravia
0: that um that would be amazing I'd really get on board with that. Or if it was some kind of last action hero esque nonsense where like they they sort of use a magic ticket
1: to get sucked into each other's films. Yeah. That would be cool. That uh, and then that could be called the print the princess switch switch, I guess? The the
0: Christmas Prince Switcheroo.
1: <laughs> Electric boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I thought I thought they were just gonna stop at um like them what showing them watching a christmas prince but they actually really really went for it and had them both cry at it as well was like no one's cried at the end of a christmas prince when the most obvious ending in film history happens i mean i was crying you were crying because you were so relieved it was over tears of blood streaming
0: down my face (laughs) as, as the darkness of the movie took me over and consumed me um yeah, it's it's a weird one, isn't it? It's a really strange moment. And I think it's genuinely one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. And it feels very out of place in a movie that otherwise is just quite a standard fare.
1: Yeah, but I also think it helped because I felt like overall this film came across as more self-aware than A Christmas Prince in a good way. And it was sort of a bit more light-hearted, and you felt like it was taking itself less seriously. Yeah, for sure. And that it was trying more to invest itself in... The actual relationships than all the prince nonsense.
0: Yeah, I I agree with that. This this movie, like, I wouldn't say we we've talked a bit about about sort of whether these Netflix movies would ever make it in a theater, and you know you've got ones that would like all the boys I loved before. Um, I am Aaron Burgess now. is a loser. Magic. I'm 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 Fat Now Magic movie. That would have appeared in cinemas, you know. I'm
1: fat now magic movie. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> Wait, you mean our, shallow how with our
0: guy Kirby, who's all like, Oh, I love my best friend. I'm gonna travel <laughs> back in time through the photo booth. <laughs> when and we first I'm met. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> that that might be what they call it in European um in European circles, but its original name in America was I'm fat now magic movie where he, he goes in the photo booth, all one word.
1: Yeah, no, no, that that's what it'd be called on, like the bad um, translations that you get when you watch <laughs> when you and you get on a plane, and like the film titles have been translated by the native tongue of the airline. Like, did you hear oh. about how um, on one of the Chinese airlines, instead of Donald Gleason, it said Abdominal Gleason? <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> that's I was so good. I was
0: thinking more is when you go down the market and you see all of the dodgy like <laughs> DVDs oh, yeah. where they haven't got the real names on them.
1: Uh, not even DVDs, VCDs. VCDs. (laughs) you Um, remember VCDs?
0: um, No, I don't remember VCDs. What were VCDs?
1: You never had VCDs? Oh, maybe I forgot that you didn't go to school with a bunch of dodgy blokes from Hong Kong. Videos. (laughs) uh, Hello if any of my school friends from Hong Kong are listening. (laughs) But basically, (laughs) at the beginning of every term... Yeah, at the beginning of every term, they'd come back from Hong Kong with all these counterfeit films on a VCD, and it would be like a C- three discs of of like CDRs with the film burnt onto them, uh, with like all the artwork like re- really pixelated and low res, like shoved into a plastic container. And we'd sit there and watch all these films that had obviously been filmed on some like handy cam or whatever. Um, but yeah, they had all they had all the latest films. i was pretty sure that was how I first saw The Ring. And lots of Adam Sandler rubbish. I mean,
0: and... that must have been a pretty cool way to first see The Ring, I though. Think, I think there's a magic about watching that movie in a dodgy format.
1: Yeah, in a dark room with five other sweaty boys.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, I've never seen a video CD before. I'm just giving uh. it a quick read-up now. So it, it superseded the VHS and Betamax systems in Southeast Asia yes. until DVD became more affordable in the late 2000s. Oh, wow.
1: There we go. It was always, it was just, it was huge. It was a big pirate, big pirate scam. Kim.com was probably loving (laughs) it. Kim.com's all over (laughs) it. Friend of the podcast, (laughs) Kim.com. Kim,
0: Kim, if you've got any, uh, we know you're listening because you love us blatantly. Biggest Um, fan. Biggest fan of ours. Um, If you're listening and you've got any movies you'd like to talk about, come on board.
1: We'd love to hear Uh, from you. I bet you he's made some terrible movie. If he's made a music album, then it's not out of the realm of possibility.
0: That's so. true. He could definitely have made a rom-com here and there.
1: Yep, I'd watch that.
0: Yeah, I'd watch that. I,
1: yeah, like, I'd watch that. A, a in- committed internet pirate falling for like a government anti-piracy advisor and, and an undercover sting. This, this shit writes itself. There we go. There we go. Starring Sting.
0: <laughs> Starring Sting. Um, yeah. So that. So the the Princess Switch, I think, is of a good enough quality, maybe not to make it into theaters. But
1: good no, enough I think to be
0: a direct-to-TV movie on a
1: reasonable channel. For sure, watching it on Netflix, you do not feel cheated.
0: No, no, I, I felt I felt satisfied enough watching this film.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think if it had been released in cinemas, it would have just maybe scraped its budget back over the over its lifetime.
0: Yeah, I don't think it would have resonated with people whatsoever um and and but i think a lot of what it comes down to is that vanessa hudgens is 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 you know quite charming in this movie and you know has a lot of charisma behind both the performances yeah um
1: she she seems incredibly nice and she's our age as well. she is
0: yeah she's not a young whippersnapper like some of the young people that appear in these movies
1: yeah which which is funny I, And she dated the effronator for five years so you know she's got she's got good taste yes
0: exactly Um, has been in some some interesting stuff and some weird choices over the years as well. Yeah. Which, you know, she hasn't played it safe with with what she's in. Which, fair enough.
1: Oh, apparently she was in Sucker Punch.
0: She was in Sucker Punch, yeah. Although I don't... I I find it funny that Sucker Punch, like, damaged the careers of a lot of the women who acted in it. Not so much the director who went on to be given some of the biggest movies ever. (laughs) Zack Snyder. Yes, Zack Snyder, who who I, I quite he like went on as a director. Direct Watchmen. <laughs> yeah, he he directed um, the Watchmen movie, which is actually quite good. You won't hear many fans of the comic saying that, but it is good. Enough.
1: No, I, I'm willing to say that I enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought possibly it... possibly uh, more than the comic, which I only read out of a sense of duty and thought was okay.
0: Mm. I I really like Watchmen, and I think. Um, in general, it gets a bit of a backlash now because people do say that it's very good. And it is. It's the best critique of comic books made about comic book superheroes. Um, easily, by far, there's no critique of them that's better within that medium. And, you know, I think I think it serves a very important purpose and I think it well deserves the merit that it's received over the years. Um, but I think it got a fair adaptation and I quite like the way that he changed up the ending from the giant tentacle monster, which appears in the comic, which kind of comes out of nowhere and is is a very good visual spectacle. But I think the way that they frame it all the way back to Dr. Manhattan in the film, not only ties in well thematically, but it also um, fits the roots of the story in that kind of cold war paranoia in a way that the giant tentacle monster doesn't quite work in the same way. So I actually think that decision was quite a good one. And I think in general, it's it's a good film. I I like it. I think it's his best work.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think it made it accessible. It's just that all the people who the people who people who are fans of Alan Moore were never going to like it because it was never going to live up to the pretentious ideals of the comic itself.
0: Oh yeah, it, it's one of those unfilmable works, so it's never going to quite live up. To people who really love the original work, it's never going to live up to that um particularly given that there's those different story strands in the comic you've got the um the pirate the sort of pirate horror thing that's going on in a comic that someone's reading within the comic and then you've got all of the um the writing about the sort of interviews with former superheroes and everything like that and and those were both touched on by by mini featurettes that were released on like the dvd versions of, yep. of Watchmen, which actually tied it all together really well. And if you watched all of them together, it gave you this complete picture of Watchmen.
1: Well, you know what's better than Watchmen? It's Legend of the Guardians, the Owls of Gahul. <laughs> I,
0: I don't <laughs> agree with you there, Paddy.
1: Which was also directed by Zack Snyder.
0: It, it was directed by Zack Snyder. The um, the fantasy animated movie about owls.
1: About Australian owls. Yes. I... um. I started watching it. I got about fifteen minutes in, and it was boring, which was actually really disappointing. Because you know, I love me some owls. It should have been, it should have been the best film ever. Those, but for some reason, of... it was weirdly, really boring.
0: Those kind of movies are always boring,
1: though. Owl movies.
0: Owl, well, not not owl <laughs> movies. You know, like the owl from um, Labyrinth. He's a dude. He turns into do David know, Bowie. Do
1: you know what? I've never seen Labyrinth. Have you not, mate? What are uh, you playing no. at? Just, just never came up. Jesus you know?
0: Christ, Paddy, get out! Turn off your, turn off your computer.
1: Go. Yeah, I know it's got David Bowie in it, and loads of people say it's their favorite film or whatever. I don't care. It's, I've never seen it. It's
0: fucking great, man. It's really good. One of the is, it actually, is it actually good? It's genuinely they, There's awesome, so
1: yeah. much sort of weird nostalgic hype around it for people our age that I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, I'm worried. It's really good.
0: Great, great puppet work. Um, from jim henson studios really good bowie performance um you got young jennifer connelly um great songs um really weird fantasy story It's really good it's a great film See, i up. am
1: i am a fan of um the jim henson universe yes
0: yeah it's, it's great I, i'd say it's some of their best work
1: I'm just. Um, I'm just an. IMD- I. I googled owl movies, and there are surprisingly few sort of authoritative lists of owl movies. The best I can find is um, IMDb. There's a list called "Movies with Owls in Them." Yeah, that's right. These movies have owls in them. I like owls.
0: <laughs> did you make this list, buddy?
1: <laughs> I did not, but it's got non- no films in which I can remember there being an owl. Dead Poets Society, Blade Runner. The Wizard of Oz Blade Runner psycho, has an owl,
0: doesn't it? I think.
1: Yeah. And then, of course, all the Harry Potters are in there because, yeah, well, obviously. But no, uh, I want a proper owl movie, like about all like proper owls and stuff that is better than um, Legend of the Guardians. Oh, Labyrinth is on there.
0: Yeah. It's got the a, a owl that turns into David
1: Bowie. Yeah. that Okay, that's cool. Maybe it is the best owl movie.
0: Yeah, I can't think of a better movie with owls in it where owls play an actual important role.
1: Yeah, there are surprisingly few. There should have been an owl in the Princess Switch. It seems like the kind of stuff that the Prince would have had, like, hanging around is He should have he castle. should have had
0: an owl, shouldn't
1: he? Yeah. But his his their like Prince Castle or whatever was quite low key compared to um Christmas Prince, wasn't it? Like they seemed to be able to just pop into town.
0: Yes, yeah. They they there was very little by way of security. <laughs> yeah. Or or protocol. The, the the weird advisor woman from the a Christmas Prince would have would have um
1: Oh a, she'd have been livid. She bit. she
0: would have she would have had a meltdown over how lax they were with the prince in this film.
1: So instead of her you get a, a similar sort of matronly figure who is um the Countess Margaret's what nurse advisor governess what I don't know what the word is friend 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 advisor yeah. her friend visor yeah. who has looked after her, her whole life especially since her parents died because there's always got to be a dead parent plot but um you got her, and then you got Frank, who's a sort of weird old pedo who's hanging around the castle, who you think <laughs> is going to be like, you think is going to be a threat, and isn't really.
0: <laughs> a little bit of an extreme reaction.
1: I don't know. He just had a really creepy face, and I didn't like him.
0: <laughs> That's our review of this movie.
1: <laughs> Sorry, I'm feeling just a bit short tempered today. I just had a really, really like long day at work, and I'm very I don't have much patience left i'm <laughs> we, oh sorry we're better recording on the weekend i think there'll be a yes, marked yeah. difference between this episode and last week's <laughs> but yeah frank he's he's like the guy who's always kind of stooping around so basically the the friend visor is in on the switch um, and frank is not so it's like is frank gonna blow their cover but then in the end he doesn't and it's all fine
0: yeah frank is he frank is um like a servant to the king um who is tasked by the king to find out what's going on because the princess is acting a bit odd.
1: Yeah. It's because she has switched. So she's a she's a fancy like English countess from where is, where is she from? Mulvania?
0: Yeah, she's from not from but she's not from Belgravia, she's from somewhere else.
1: Montenavia. Montenaro. Uh, yeah. Montenaro. <laughs> Which also yeah, sounds much more european than she actually is. So she's she's basically putting on a Downton Abbey accent, and at one point they do actually make a joke about it being like Downton Abbey, which again is kind of meta and self aware, and you're like, okay, fine, yeah, you know what you're doing. Yes,
0: yeah, they they know what they're doing with this film. Ev- everyone's having fun with it.
1: Yeah, so yeah, so she, so Vanessa Hudgens plays the young countess who's it, soon to get married to the fancy prince. But she's never known what it's like to be a commoner. So it's also kind of like a prince and the pauper thing. Um, but she runs into Stacy, who is the American baker from Chicago, who's won a, a place in Belgravia's annual Christmas baking contest, which in which they're given five hours to bake a big fancy cake. So she goes out with her friend Kevin and his daughter, who like Kevin is her sous chef. And then, yeah, the, she runs into the princess backstage. They realise they're doppelgangers. They switch They switch up for just two days. What could possibly go wrong?
0: Answer very little. It's all yeah. fine.
1: <laughs> it's pretty much all fine, isn't it? Uh, but I quite like that because the the idea of the switch does actually immediately bring a lot of tension with it already. So actually this film didn't go too hard on really milking that, did it? There were a few little things like maybe they, they see each other in a shop and then they have to hide or whatever. But there's like, it didn't go too deep on that. Was a lot of films would have really overdone that and it would have been too much tension and a level of tension that isn't appropriate for this kind of light film. So I think it got that right.
0: Yeah, I think it did as well. It's, um, it gets its tone bang on, which I think is something that's nice about it. It knows what it wants to do and it doesn't deviate from that. Um, and that makes it a much more cohesive experience for what is basically like a dumb parent trap, i suppose?
1: Yeah. It's the princess trap. It's
0: it's yeah, the the prince and the pauper meets the parent trap by way of a Christmas prince.
1: Yeah. We should talk about the parent trap at some point. Yeah. Yeah.
0: How horrible the parents are in the parent <laughs>
1: trap. Yeah. They're awful. The two sisters should just push the parents off the boat and sail into the sunset. They should. That's what I always wanted to happen.
0: <laughs> so that, I mean that would have been great.
1: Yeah. We should remake it, and then just make it so that that happens. Yes, yeah. I think Lindsay Lohan's up, will be up for it. Yeah, he, she'd be game. She'd be game, I'm sure. Yeah, she's not up to much. <laughs> she is very busy. Yeah. Actually, hasn't she been doing a lot of theatre? Yeah, she she's, been been really good doing, at it? she's
0: been doing lots of stuff. But yeah, so, so this movie, you know, Vanessa Hudgens does a good job playing two characters at once.
1: Yeah, the accents are kind of corny, and you, it's hard to take them seriously, but she falls into it and you're like yeah this is cool
0: yeah yeah and and you know it's not it's not up there with jeremy irons playing his own twin in whatever that film is that he's in where he plays his own twin what it's really good it's a david cronenberg psychological film
1: i have not seen this is it as good as jeremy irons in that film where he wants to marry his son <laughs> oh no wait <laughs> that was real, real life <laughs> it's a, yeah
0: it's a really he, he plays he plays two twins who are they're they both gynecologists, I think. Yes, yes dead so, ringers. So dead ringers. Yep. And um, oh, um, this this
1: actually looks really good.
0: It's a fantastic film. Really, really good. It was like one of the first movies that hinted at David Cronenberg going away from the pure body horror side of things, right? Um, and into into more subtle and psychological areas which eventually he'd sort of like really call upon with his adaptation of crash and the history of violence and things like that it's a it's a really good film highly highly recommended that sounds really good maybe maybe not if your kind of movie is the princess switch it might (laughs) disturb you a little bit but um, but it's it's a good one, Dead Ringers. One of one of one of Cronenberg's best.
1: Yeah. So they also they quote John Lennon over and over in this film, which is interesting. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There, there, there's a few lines here and there that are sort of quotable. There's a little bit of plot telling, but not too much. You know, you, you know, it's a level that you expect from a Netflix original.
0: Yeah. It's not um, it's not over the top of anything, is it? It's it's competent, and that's what I like about it is it so easy to make these movies and just throw any competency out of the window, but it feels like it was made with a little bit of care and dedication and the cast all does their earnest job well.
1: And the cast is just a cut above A Christmas Prince, isn't it? Yeah. Like, the yeah. people in A Christmas Prince have mostly not done, like, huge stuff. I mean, they're, they're, they're all fine. They do their thing. But, like, in this one, yeah, it's Vanessa Hudgens, and the Prince is a guy from the show Nashville. Did you ever see Nashville?
0: No I know you're a fan though
1: Yeah this is a show that I really really liked And he played a really interesting character on that Who like had um, Like his ex-girlfriend Showed up years later with a son that she claimed Was his but was actually his brother's And there was all this whole thing and yeah, there's, he had other kind of on-off girlfriends throughout the seven series or however many there were. It was really, really touching and his songs were always good. And did you notice it was his voice on the like um, credit music as well?
0: Yes, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, um... so that was good. So I'm used to him being like a country singer guy. So him playing like a sort of faux aristocrat English prince was actually quite hilarious to me. And I couldn't quite take him seriously, but I still think he pulled it off. It felt, it felt like two Americans playing Downton Abbey. But because it acknowledged that it was fine,
0: yeah, there was no, there's nothing wrong with that. I know that a lot of English people get really arsy when Americans do not perfect, uh, like posh English accents. But I don't mind it at all.
1: I, I I don't care about the accents. I I care that they think we're all just like monarchy loving posh fools.
0: I mean that 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 does sum up a good fifty percent of the population.
1: I suppose so. Yeah, <laughs> the gammon switch. The g- <laughs> <laughs>
0: the princess gammon
1: <laughs> yeah two two middle aged ruddy faced men trade, paste, trade places and no one notices because they all look exactly the same <laughs> and have exactly the same stupid opinions they
0: both end up being on the question time audience at the same time and they think it's going to be a problem but they look exactly the same as the other hundred people there in the audience screaming abuse at people
1: yeah so they both get to ask the same racist question about immigration again and they still don't get the answer that they want. Why bruh. don't
0: you want to blow up other countries, Jeremy Corbyn? What's wrong with you?
1: We're going we're gonna to get lots of mail in now telling us that we're the real racists for saying that ruddy-faced men all look the same.
0: You know what's worse than racists beating people up?
1: Being called a racist. Yes. <laughs>
0: you know what the real problem is with society? Calling racists racists. That's the real yeah. problem with society. <laughs>
1: antifa are the real fascists yeah exactly but luckily um belgravia doesn't have any kind of economic trouble it just has some cutesy orphans in a in a orphan home that the the prince decides to be nice to once he's realized that he can use it to get into the countess's pants
0: (laughs) i think it's 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 not so much that is it it's more that he has been very sheltered and then the fake the fake lady margaret is is opens his eyes to what the world is like outside of his
1: palace the lady stacy margaret <laughs> yes um to give her her full title to
0: give her her full title stacy de Novo margaret so i think it's more that and then it's it's a it's a nicer way to look at royalty than a christmas prince where in a christmas prince he's supposed to be this benevolent leader
1: whereas here yeah. who actually can't see the corruption at the heart of his own court Yes.
0: Where, where, whereas here, in in, in in The Princess Switch, it's more that he is this kind of just, you know, nice state figure who doesn't have any power. And they do this kind of charitable work. And so it's quite easy for him to just go in and be like, yeah, we're going to buy all the kids some toys and we're going to come visit them every month. Huh. Um, yeah.
1: And he's like, actually, I do have all this time. Let's make good use of it. Yeah.
0: Which I think is much nicer. And it,
1: it it's
0: more i i don't want to say anything about this film as realistic but it feels more realistic in that regard than why is it so hard to rule a country
1: (laughs) yeah yeah it's not realistic but it's competent storytelling so it's fine
0: yes exactly so it's
1: it's acceptable yeah so it's nice
0: it's nice it's a nice this film is like candy floss it it's it disappears instantly leaves you feeling quite happy
1: you buy it for one to two pounds more than it should cost at a fun fair.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah.
1: Yeah. And, you know, when there's a there's a scene where they do the, like, charity ball and um she goes off on her own and sits in the gazebo and he comes and they kind of dance together on their own and you're like, that's the moment when they realise they actually like each other. And it was nice, wasn't it? That's, like, actual romance.
0: Yes, there is some genuine romance in this movie.
1: It's strange
0: yeah. to see after A Christmas Prince 2.
1: Yeah. Okay. I've re- I've found in my notes where I I um the thing that I thought was going to happen that you thought was the stupid or best moment, which was when um but it didn't happen, which is in the same bit they ask her to play the piano in front of everyone because she's supposedly this gifted pianist, but obviously because it's not the real Countess, it's Stacey and she doesn't know how to play the piano. Um, I thought it looked like an electric piano, and I thought what was going to happen was she was going to go and hit the demo button and then pretend to play, and everyone was going to clap for it. which is what should have happened.
0: That is what should have happened.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And it's like a funky song with all beats and synths and stuff. And she's just like hitting the piano.
0: That, that would have been incredible. Um, That's what I would have
1: done. That would have been so good. Instead, she fumbles through a nice duet with the prince and he saves her ass and he doesn't mind. Yes. Yeah. It's nice.
0: It's a nice scene. And, and that, and that's what I like about this movie is that there's all those scenes in it like that, where they, there could potentially be this tension and could, could potentially become very frustrating and awkward to watch. But it never drops into that awkward, frustrating level. Unlike a Christmas Prince Two, which is constantly frustrating to to sit through. Here, they circumvent all of those all of those potential pitfalls in a very nice, cuddly way.
1: Yeah, for sure. I like that there was kind of always Christmas music in the background as well. Although the little like incidental music was like little popping in little Christmas themes.
0: Yeah, it was neat. It was a neat, neat, neat touch. It feels Christmassy. This film.
1: Yeah, yeah, it does. I'll give it that for sure. And then there's the baking competition, just to create some kind of fake drama at the end. And the evil other, like other baker, has cut the cord of her KitchenAid, so she has to do it by hand. And even though she, the berries done by hand aren't as good as they would have been with the KitchenAid, she still wins the baking competition.
0: Yay! Yes, well done. You won Great Belgravian Bake Off.
1: <laughs> yep. And then yeah, the prince shows up to hand her the thing and then it's all revealed. And then he's like, If you okay, well this she's like so so the countess is immediately like, Yeah, Kevin, I'll go out with you. Fine. And they're like, Yeah, cool And then she's like, No, Prince, I can't let you I can't let you marry me, I can't we I can't do this, I don't even know you And then he's just like so it's all just like the, that was felt like a bit like fake drama and then he he's like he goes down on knee and he's like if you still love me a year from now then let's get married which i thought was then gonna it was gonna end there and leave the door open for a sequel but it didn't do that it actually just cut straight to the wedding and you're like yeah cool yeah that was nice um they, they still might do a sequel right
0: yeah i mean i was hoping that they would do some kind of crossover i was really hoping for that but it's clearly not going to happen
1: the most ambitious crossover event in history <laughs> yeah exactly the
0: crossover event we've all been waiting for um but um but yeah it, it's nice it's just like okay bam here you go they got married the end
1: yeah that's what you all want
0: yeah it was nice it was nice um and yeah i do i do agree that that drama at the end did feel a little bit fake um and and i think the the only thing that and and they did a good job of sort of being like, oh yeah, don't worry, it's fine. But what have been? What would have been even better would be if if the real Lady Margaret and Kevin, because they're both left alone at that point as as Prince Edward and and Stacey run off. If they just per- turned to each other and been like, oh, I don't care, let's just do it. And everyone's like, yeah, okay. And they just start macking out there in the kitchen.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're just knocking over all the kitchen aids. <laughs> yeah. There's cake going everywhere. Yeah. The studio audience is in hysterics. They're covering the children's eyes. <laughs> that would have been amazing. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, that doesn't happen. But they're clearly, they clearly are just completely cool with it. And they're like, yeah, I don't care, you know.
1: Yeah. I believed their story less than Stacy and the Prince, only slightly, but it felt a bit like she just kind of fell for the first commoner that she hung out with.
0: Yeah. And I think there's also the weird thing about how they've been really good friends for a really long time and there's never been any chemistry and then all of a sudden there's this slight switch and it's all okay. I think there would have been more hesitancy
1: and more concern yeah. then. Yeah, it's a little bit friend zoney.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's 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 like I don't know, if you'd been genuinely been a really good platonic friend of someone and also their sous chef for that long, would it necessarily have happened that quickly without without you feeling a bit worried about it. If you know what I mean
1: yeah yeah so yeah this is less believable but the print storyline is carrying it so you're just like yeah this has to happen for the print storyline to happen so yeah it's fine it's infrastructure
0: yes yeah yeah it's um it it does, it, uh, it, yeah it's that kind of underground uh, underneath skeletal framework
1: that allows the rest of the story to flourish yeah and there's also a magical old man
0: and there is this weird, elfy, magical old man. Who is he? What does he do? He,
1: well, it's the essential ingredient of any Christmas film. See, this is why A Christmas Prince failed, because it didn't have a magic old man. For it to be a successful, proper Christmas film, you have to have a magical old man who makes wishes come true, even if he's just sort of doing it in the background.
0: Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> he's just kind of there and occasionally says something cryptic and is kind to people.
1: Yeah, makes, makes stuff happen, helps people out.
0: Yeah, it's it's a weird one, isn't it? Uh, you know, I quite like it. It makes the only thing that would have been better is if he turned to the camera and sort of winked or like blown fairy dust at the camera or something like that to make yeah. it even more apparent that he's some kind of magic Christmas romance elf.
1: Yeah, because the magic itself was never explicitly shown, was it? It was just heavily implied. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's just that's trying to tell us that life is magical. Oh, <laughs> oh. but yeah. All all the good christmas films have a magical old man. You know Die Hard, that's got a magical old man in it.
0: You're talking about
1: Bruce Willis. Yeah. <laughs> he's a magical old man. He is magical. He is he is now. I guess he's old now. He wasn't then.
0: He was still kind of old then. Wasn't he?
1: Yeah. though he kind of still looks the same now. He does. He, he then, hasn't he?
0: aged. Does he some kind of magic? Yeah.
1: He looks good. He does. He yeah, does. he's 6 he's 63. Blimey! I guess it's baldness. Baldness sort of makes you. There's you can never look wholly young if you're bald, can you? But if you if you look after yourself and you moisturize, you know you you can look that way forever.
0: Just rubbing aloe vera over your head.
1: Yeah, it's all about the aloe vera. (laughs) It is all about the aloe vera. Well, festive.
0: Anyway, do you have anything else to add about? Um, a no, Christmas I think I've done it. Was it was a, Chris- it was nice. a Christmas Prince, over The me. Princess Switch?
1: Yeah. Well, no, I certainly don't have anything to add about a Christmas Prince. I think we've talked about that enough. <laughs> That's <laughs> enough. Yeah. But yeah, this was this is the film that we should have started December with because it was much nicer and much sort of it sort of eased you into the festive season, doesn't it? It's, yeah. It's it was yeah it's nice. Vanessa Hudgens seems very very nice. She she just puts in a good performance as does my Man from Nashville. Yeah, it's fun. Watch it, watch it on a weekend. You know, Saturday night, maybe Sunday afternoon. Yeah, it's a good one.
0: Yeah, I'm a, I'm I'm on board with that. It's a good one.
1: Get on it. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Uh, do we have trivia, or have we have we covered all of the the facts?
0: Um. So in terms of trivia, there's not really much because it's only just come out itself. This movie. Yeah. Um. The main trivia is that they show a Christmas Prince.
1: <laughs> yeah. Which is, is the the greatest meta-joke in the history of cinema, and I will not hear otherwise.
0: <laughs> there, there have definitely not been any better meta-references in cinema. Um, it's never happened before. It's not as though there's been incredible movies made that are entirely meta-jokes or anything like that. Um, so, so the other thing is that there's a few moments in it that could be uh, references to the first remake of The Parent Trap. Um, so Lady Margaret uses a board and pointer to discuss her family tree, much like Annie in The Parent Trap. Um, ah. and Stacey and Olivia have a long, long handshake, the same as Annie and Hallie.
1: Ah, okay.
0: So there might be these little hints here and there.
1: That's cool. Olivia is the, the kid who acu- accuses Stacey of crushing hard on Prince Mothballs, which yes. I enjoyed very much. Yeah,
0: she she's a great character. We've got two good kid characters in two movies. Such a rare thing.
1: Yeah, that's that's the spin-off that we need to uh, Olivia and Princess Emily go on Nancy Drew-style mystery-solving across Europe.
0: That would be amazing. I'd be fully on board with that.
1: That would be excellent. Netflix, if
0: you're listening.
1: Get the fuck on that.
0: You you ruined our plans by having the stupid meta-joke in this movie to have (laughs) an entire crossover, but maybe you could do something with that.
1: Yeah, do us a favour. You can make it up to us. Yeah, and it on. could be a fun, like all ages show. Like kids could enjoy it, you know. No swears, no swearing. Yeah, just wholesome mystery solving fun.
0: Yeah, it'd be great. Um, so so how are we going to rate this then?
1: Um, let's see. How many contestants are there at your baking show in Wembley Studios?
0: Ooh, so I'm going to go for eleven contestants.
1: Yeah, I, that that's pretty fair. I'm going to go just one higher and give it a twelve. You know, six out of ten. Nothing life changing about it, probably won't return to it, but it was nice while it was there.
0: Yeah, it it did the job. It made me feel happy. It I think it goes one step above Bon Joviing it.
1: Yeah. It's 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 way above Bon Jovi. No one's above Bon Jovi. <laughs> Apart from well, the the drummer in Bon Jovi is slightly raised as he's on one of those platforms, <laughs> isn't he? That's <laughs> true. So he's he's technically he, above he's technically John John technically Bon Jovi. Bon.
0: John Bon. <laughs> Bon bon bon,
1: yes, bon, he, yes, he's bon 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 <laughs> um, bon <John> bon 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 But yes
0: uh yeah I, I, it's a good it's a good one. I like this movie. I didn't like it enough to necessarily rewatch it, but it was enjoyable.
1: No, it ain't a Stone Cold classic, but I don't think anyone expects it to be. No, no. It's a fun little fun little thing. Yes, indeedy. Which is good. So uh what are we watching next?
0: So next, um, I believe we're going to a classic of Christmas moviness, um, And uh, we're going to be watching It's a Wonderful Life.
1: Yeah. I mean, I know everyone's just listening to us for the prince chat and the princess chat. So, you know, everyone's going to be disappointed. It's like, I thought December was going to be all princesses. So sorry, sorry to disappoint you. But yes, we will be watching the classic Christmas film, It's a Wonderful Life. Which is going to be good. Which is which is good, yeah. Is it a wonderful life? You'll have to come back next week to find out.
0: Indeed, cliffhanger <laughs> ending.
1: <laughs> yeah, we will leave it there. But um, yeah, thanks as always for tuning in. We really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed the Princess Switch and the Christmas Prince too. If you haven't watched that yet, maybe watch them back to back. If you if you want to sort of have the the frustration of one and then have it redeemed by the other, you know, it might not be a bad way to spend a Saturday night.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: But yeah, as always, if you want to get in touch um, on the emails, bigboysdon'tcrypodcast at gmail.com uh, and Twitter at bigboysdon'tpod, let us know what you thought of the the all the all the films in the Royal Wedding cinematic universe. Where do you stand?
0: Yes, rank them for us. Who do you like the most? Who
1: do you hate the most? Yeah, which which prince is your favourite? <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: tell us. Um, you can include Purple Rain in this. Yeah, yep,
1: Purple Rain's allowed. <laughs> it's part of the universe. Exactly. Yeah, that's when you find out it turns out the the Aldovian prince was in the audience at the the Purple Rain concert film. <laughs> yes. Bring it. Yeah. Which is the last hour of Purple Rain. <laughs> 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 you get an hour of like prince like weird stories of prince like domestically abusing people and pushing women in lakes and riding a motorbike and stuff. And then you just get, like, an hour of him playing the Purple Rain
0: album. Which is much better.
1: Yeah. (laughs) That is a weird film. If you go back and listen to that that episode, that was episode 52. If you want to go back and listen to that, that was our one-year episode.
0: Yes, yeah.
1: Good times. So, yeah, tell us who your favourite prince is. We're open to all princes. We don't discriminate. Precisely Alright And we'll be back next week To talk It's a Wonderful Life Alrighty righty. bye 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 Bye